Bidzy's Small Business Society, number 191. You're listening to Bidzy's Small Business Society. I'm Rob Beresoff. We talk to small business owners about what makes their small business successful. Connect with Bidzy's Small Business Society at bidzy.com and grow your business. Hey guys, quick message to let you know I've teamed up with Audible and I wanted to give you the opportunity to try their platform free for 30 days. And along with that 30-day free trial is a free audiobook download from a library of over 180,000 titles. I recently listened to Tim Ferriss's 4-Hour Workweek and you'll find other audiobooks from great entrepreneurs like Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, Robert Kiyosaki, as well as tons of other nonfiction and fiction authors. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash Bidzy, B-I-D-S-Y. Try it free for 30 days. There's no obligation. You've got nothing to lose and a free audiobook download to gain. That's at audibletrial.com forward slash Bidzy. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to Bidzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at Bidzy.com. Welcome to this episode of Bidzy Small Business Society. Today, I am talking to Mally Ridzik. Mally is a CEO, mindset coach, and business strategist to creative entrepreneurs. Through speaking, consulting, writing, and teaching, Mally helps people think, act, and just be bigger for more impact and more income. Her journey through corporate America has allowed her to rethink the future of work, and her mission is to help her clients do the same, to approach their businesses like a CEO and to create a more balanced way of living. Welcome, Mally. Thanks for taking the time today. Can you first tell us more about yourself than about what projects you're working on today? Yeah, absolutely. So I think you hit it pretty well there. My my big project right now is spreading this message of being a creative CEO, because a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs, some of them identify with CEO, but I've found a lot of people think it's a little silly, especially mm-hmm. for entrepreneurs who have a one-person business. They're like, chief executive officer? How about only executive officer? <laughs> so what I'm trying to do for people is show them that thinking like a CEO is just thinking bigger picture, thinking deeper. And yeah, we're going to have to be doing this day-to-day work, but let's switch it to kind of more of an 80-20 situation, right? Where we're thinking more like a CEO than, okay, what's the next thing? Got to get these Facebook ads up, have to fix my sales funnel. What's the big mission? What's the vision? And Those are the types of things that can help people's businesses grow and have more impact on people. So that's the big project right now. I'm working on starting a new podcast. I had one a couple of years ago, and so now it's going to be uh, related to this creative CEO work and getting a book out here in the spring. And then that all ties back into the coaching consulting work that I'm doing for small businesses. Wow. Tons going on. Great stuff. So now when I... 
Well, yeah. When I hear the term creative entrepreneur, my mind automatically goes to artists. Are you working with Ugh. artist types? Are you working with all types of entrepreneurs and business owners to bring creativity across all types of industries, Melly? Yes. Oh, that's a great. I love that. So yes to both. <laughs> so I, I do have clients who are artists who identify as uh, creatives. And then I attract a lot of people who come from um, a science techie background like I did who identify as creatives because creativity is just inherently human, right? That's what we've done since the beginning of time is create new things, whether that's creating technology, creating buildings, creating, well, not creating fire, but you get the point. <laughs> so creativity is, it doesn't have to be such a right-brained thing. It can be something that anybody can incorporate um, into their business. Yep, I get it. Now, that's a great answer. Now, I want to ask you this. Take us back. What was happening around you when you finally told yourself to leave <laughs> corporate America and venture out into the entrepreneurial unknown to help people on their entrepreneurial journey, Melly? Yeah, absolutely. So other than leaving corporate, I also left academia. Um, and that's almost a bigger story for me than leaving corporate. I left academia after I was diagnosed with multiple mental illnesses. And sometimes people are a little hesitant to talk about it, but I think it's a, a big part of my story. I had always been type A, high achiever, perfectionist. And I reached a point in the third year of my PhD program. Um, I'm I'm actually a bona fide tornado scientist. I have oh, wow. peer-reviewed <laughs> publications. Uh, I met my spouse storm chasing. Like, that's the kind of work that I was doing. Hey, I but love I got, Twister. I watch it every time it's on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And the project I was working on is what the movie Twister was based on, um, the, the previous iteration of it. So very into that world. Uh, and so then I received these diagnoses of, hey, not only are you burnt out, getting burnt out triggered all these underlying mental illnesses that you've never taken care of yourself. You've wow. spent all this time trying to achieve and you never stepped back and said, hey, you know, what's the bigger picture of how your life and work fit together? So I left and I went to corporate because even though I got that message of, hey, academia is go, 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 achieve, 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 I somehow didn't see that corporate was going to be the same thing, climb that corporate ladder. Oh, yeah, um, it's going to be less work, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I showed up in corporate and I'm I'm not exaggerating. I came home from the first day. I told my spouse uh, that I would be quitting within six months and I was starting a business and I didn't know what the business was, but I was doing it. Um, and I, I find a lot of parallels between academia and entrepreneurship. Academia, I was trying to get a tenure track position so that I would have a lab that I was in charge of, kind of like a business. And we would direct uh, different undergraduates, graduate, postdoc students in a hierarchy to achieve certain goals. So I think that's why I was attracted to entrepreneurship. And then it really just grew from there. I started out in freelance science writing and editing because I realized quickly I needed to niche um, and that I had something unique to offer as a former scientist to this freelance writing world. So as I was doing that, people started coming to me and asking, hey, how'd you get your business set up? How'd you do this? And so then from there, it grew into various types of consulting work that turned into what I'm doing today. 
Awesome. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing, um, you know, the the personal nature of your story there. Some people would be a little reticent to do so. I think you very eloquently articulated that. So thank you for that. Uh, Sounds like you've truly embraced that stuff, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's part of who I am. It's part of my story. And as you know, uh, people do business with people. So it just makes me more human to my clients and my audience and my colleagues. Yep. I love the authentic approach. Can hear it in your voice and obviously in the content that you're giving us today, Melly. Thanks for that. So you talked about those challenges. I want to talk about your rewards. Why is it so great today to be Melly Ridzik? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love I love that question, right? And I think a lot of people have trouble probably embracing that and saying, you know what, it is great to be me. <laughs> and I like that, you know, the personal development work that so many entrepreneurs go through makes us say, you know, it is great to to be uh, who I am. So for me, the rewards for entrepreneurship are multiple, right? Um, But really having that freedom to decide what my life's going to look like and no longer being, hey, you've been raised, get straight A's, get the PhD, do the tenure track, or okay, you left academia, all right, then join corporate, climb up that ladder, get to middle management and do your best. It's saying, what life do I want to live? And I'm really excited that I'm doing that. It's pretty neat to be like, hey, my business just paid for me to go to two different conferences and just to have a good time over the past couple of weeks. So I find, yeah, the freedom uh, of not just expression, but freedom to do what I want. And I'd say the, the second big reward that I get as a consultant is see my clients achieve similar things, whether it's uh, increasing their revenue, increasing their profitability, or just getting more time for them to have uh, more freedom in their life. So we can talk about all of the the hard-nosed strategies of getting online and how we're going to make our business succeed (laughs) through uh, creating an email list and a sales funnel. Talk about mindset, though, Mally. Why is that so important? Our mindset, get into your head and get into our heads. Why is this so important on a day-to-day basis for um, our businesses and our lives? Yeah, right. Mindset's one of those weird words, right? People have different concepts of what it is. And I know I am in a lot, I'm in a space where there are a lot of life coaches. And so for them, mindset might mean something a bit more woo-woo than it does to me, Um, (laughs) right? I've been uh, in therapy for the past few years because of the mental illness. But as I got the mental illness under control, it became more of a personal development thing. And it brought me to all of these books that so many entrepreneurs love. Uh, Most recently, The Big Leap. I finally got around to reading that. And it's just thinking about how you're doing things and more importantly, why you're doing things. What stories you're telling yourself that might not be serving you? Is it helpful for you to tell yourself, "Ah, you know, I shouldn't really be charging, you know, $10,000 for this service. Maybe it should be like $5,000. Why? Like, why is that something that you're telling yourself and digging into um, the things that you've said to clients over the years that might be putting your own mindset onto them? It just gets very complicated. So ultimately, it's thinking bigger about what you're doing and thinking about why you're doing what you're doing, not just doing what you're told to do, not just saying, I heard this person does this tactic on a podcast, so now I'm going to do it putting it back into the bigger picture. 
Yeah, I mean, Simon, Simon Sinek says it best. Uh, what's your why? And yeah. if we're dropping names here, uh, I got to read Gay Hendrick's book. It's on my list. You a do. big leap. Absolutely. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> read it yet, but it's on my list. Great stuff here, Melly. I want to ask you this now. What's been most effective in really engaging with and growing your audience or your client base? And I want you to help the aspiring entrepreneur understand a few things about what it takes to gain some traction in what seems like a super crowded and a super noisy marketing and social media landscape. Right. Yeah. Um, I think bigger that I can tell you the tactics. I, I really enjoy Facebook ads. I'm growing my email list uh, and even going to in-person events. Those those are three big things that have been working for me. But even more importantly is that I'm putting out a message that's unique to me. Maybe it's not different. Maybe uh, there's a lot of talk about make sure your message is different. There are only so many different messages we can put out there. There's only so many opinions we can have about, oh, post on Facebook two times a day. Well, I post on Facebook five. That doesn't <laughs> matter, right? The The point is sharing your story, your message, and making that tie back into them. Because a lot of people, especially when they're starting out, they hear that advice and they run with it. But then it comes off as very me, me, me. Like, look at me. I was a tornado scientist and I had mental illness and that's why I'm so cool. Well, being able to shift that and say, hey, I've had these unique experiences that you might be able to identify with. And a lot of my clients do come to me and say, hey, I appreciate you sharing your uh, journey through mental health issues. And that's fine. But the trick is, and it's not a trick. The strategy is <laughs> making sure they know they can relate to it, they can use that information, and that you're there for them, whatever your business is. Look, there is a ton of quality content out there. You mentioned Facebook. Now, I'm swimming in Facebook ads. I'm swimming in <laughs> Facebook live video. I often skip over. I skip over 98% of it. How does somebody get that unique, authentic message out, especially on Facebook, which seems to be you know, pretty important in today's uh, you know, marketing landscape? Right, right. Yeah, I know. And I think Facebook, at least for now, it's going to be consistently a relevant platform, but it's changing. It's changed even from it was even from how it was a year ago. A year ago, I would be telling clients, hey, spend time in Facebook groups where your ideal clients are hanging out, give valuable information. But engagement is just significantly down. I mean, you can just click back a year ago and see how much uh, more engagement people got with posts. So I'd say that it's important to be consistent over anything. And that's boring advice. And people don't <laughs> like boring advice. They want to hear like, oh, no, if you have your Facebook live, and it pops up with like a big happy screen of a kitten, then that's what's going to get attention. Okay, maybe that's true. But over time, what's going to build up an audience and help you connect with people is having something relevant to say, having something unique to say and doing it consistently. Look, we need to approach this with a pragmatism too. Like obviously we could put on all our flashy clothes, get the best camera, <laughs> we could pay to boost our ads. But I mean, if you only yeah. do it once or twice, that means nothing. What you're saying is we need that consistency. Love it so much. That's great. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to dig deeper into your head online. So which influencers do you follow online or otherwise for your own motivation and inspiration, Melly? Yeah, uh, this is always an interesting question for me because even as a kid growing up, I was never into like sports people or, um, you know, bands like, oh, I'm so into those people. But I think it's important to have 
virtual mentors, even if you never talk to them. And yeah, allowing yourself to be influenced by them. So I actually like to be influenced by some of the smaller names. I mean, I do enjoy um, people like John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, um, those uh, Marie Forleo, those types of people that everybody's heard of. But I also enjoy slightly smaller names like Tara Gentile, Jenny Shi, because I can relate to their mission, their message of what they're putting out into the world. And I can see myself in them more because they don't feel as far ahead uh, as somebody like Marie Forleo or Danielle Laporte does. So I feel like I'm influenced by the bigger names, but I really feel mentored, even if they never hear from me in person by the smaller names that I can connect to. I absolutely hear what you're saying. I often put guys like JLD and Pat Flynn on a pedestal, but look, these are yeah. uh, they're just regular guys, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, let me make a bit of a shift here towards the end. Mally, I want to ask you, do you love to win or hate to lose and why? I feel like I've gotten really good at losing, and so, so I don't really hate it anymore. <laughs> I actually, I think of losing and failure as the default for entrepreneurship. That, and I mean, maybe that's a really pessimistic view to have, but most people are going to fail. Um, most things that I tried to do are going to fail. And so when I do have that win, and when I see my clients have that win, then that's even more exciting. So I'd rather focus on loving that win than hating on the failure that I know is it's part of the journey. Ah, it's like a salesperson. Just uh, you can't expect everyone to say yes all the time. You got to wade That's through right. all of those no's to get to that yes, right? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> now, give us something actionable. What do you do to wind down after a long or stressful day? I feel like I have a really boring answer to this because it's really <laughs> just like sitting and having dinner with my spouse and then hanging out with my cats and watching some TV or reading a book. I mean, <laughs> I know some people are like bubble baths and I meditate and light incense. And I'm like, yeah, I catch up on some TV shows. <laughs> That's good stuff. Hey, we all need, we all have our own journey, whether it's entrepreneurial or otherwise. So I want you to boil this thing down for us. What is the one piece of advice you want to leave with our listeners today about thinking bigger, just approaching their ideas and their businesses like a CEO for that optimal impact. Yes. Yeah. Um, I want them to ask why, when they're and just going back to Simon Sinek's start with why I'm glad you brought that up because that is like required reading for my clients. Anytime that you're questioning what your next step should be, go back to your big why and then also ask the small why of why am I doing this strategy? Why am I doing this tactic? Why do I think I have to do anything? Why am I stuck in the shoulds? So I think the why is really the actionable, even if it sounds a little uh, less than tangible, it's still something actionable that people need to be doing to start thinking bigger. Absolutely, Mally. And I ask myself oftentimes, why do I do this podcast? It's because I get to have <laughs> great conversations with people like you. This has been fantastic. If people want to learn more about you in your business and how you can help them with their businesses and in their lives, how do they find you? Yeah, uh, they're welcome to go to malliridzik.com slash welcome. And I've got uh, pretty much everything you need to know right on that page. Yep, awesome. I'll be sure to link that up. Thanks again for taking the time. You've been very gracious and giving us some great content today. Appreciate your time on Bidzy Small Business Society. Take care, Mally, all right? You too. Looking for more great audio content? Go to audibletrial.com forward slash Bidzy for a free audiobook download and access to a library of over 180,000 titles. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash Bidzy. 
Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. Go to Bidzy.com for information and resources on how you can grow your business. Support Bidzy Small Business Society by writing a review and giving us a five-star rating in iTunes. Your positive review and five-star rating will allow us to continue bringing you free, valuable content from amazing and inspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Rate and review Bidzy Small Business Society today. 